here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the podcast where we have our fearless beer review. We have our vinyl pickups. That leads in, that leads into our songs of the week. And then we round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Actually, if you have any podcast app, because it's not even iTunes anymore, if you have Apple Podcasts, if you have, uh, what's the podcast addict? Mm. You can actually go in there and rate and review the podcast. You don't have to go especially into iTunes or anything like that. You can do it straight from there. I wish Spotify had that feature, but what are you going to do? They're kind of stupid. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's what uh, that's all I got. Uh, should we just get into the Fearless Beer Review? Yeah, it's good. We can do that. Okay, then what do you got, Jeff? I got a boring beer today just because I haven't gone out and bought anything in a long time. So I just have whatever's on tap. And that's Dos Equis right. Amber. Ah, oh, so boring. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got so boring. It was either this or a Coors Light. I got Coors Lights on my backies, so it was either this one or a Coors Light. Okay, okay. It's a good backie. It's a good backie. Mm. Well, lime, of course. Well, it's disgusting. Wow. Uh, okay, so then you got a boring-ass Dos Equis. So what is that, like 5%, I assume? Something uh, like that. It's, yeah, it's about like 55 Proof. 55%? 90%, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you say you had the lager or the amber? The amber. I never get the lager. Lager's disgusting. Lager's good, man. No, amber's not. good, too, but the lager's good. Lager's gross. Lager's trash. You might as well just drink Corona. Get the Terrible. fuck out of here. Okay, so I have um, I have something I hope is better than, than the Dos Equis Amber, and th- this is a beer called the Nar, and uh, it's from Brewery X, local brewery, Brewery X, right local down the street boys. from where I live. Local boys. This is a double hazy IPA with Nelson Damn. and Mosaic hops. Uh, it's 8.1 ABV, so this is going to probably knock me on my ass. Uh, it's 16-ounce can, and it's pretty new. I think it's only about a month old because it's not on Beer Advocate, and the oldest review on Untapped is about a month ago. So this is a new one. Never had it, but I am nervous. I didn't know it was a double IPA. I just saw hazy, and I thought, I'm in. I like the <laughs> label. And, yeah, so it's a double, so I'm... I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. So let's uh, let's tink and uh, have a sip. You got it, bud. Here we go. Here we go. Yep, that's Dos Equis. Dos Damn, this is a this is this is this is a beer. Ooh. Does it taste like a double okay. hazy triple IPA? It does not. It's oh. it's actually pretty damn good. It's very smooth and it's very. Um, tropical and it's pretty pretty damn delicious huh i'm impressed that, color me impressed that's color me that's impressed. good what uh, like it's, what i said yeah it's like you it's that is that like really good or is there yeah 
Okay. That's a good. That's a good hazy IPA right there. Okay. You want the tropical. You want the kind of fruity taste to it. It's so good. Oh man, that is that is tasty stuff. <laughs> good job, Brewex. Honestly, I I've never had a bad beer from the from them. They always brew really good stuff. Brewery and, X is uh, is one of the most impressive breweries I've ever been to, because <laughs> it it's so fucking big, and I just yeah. Like they was so ambitious. Like that was their first it's, time they've ever opened, right? That they don't have a sister location or nothing. No, they don't. It's literally the size of like a Costco. It's fucking. Like, that's huge. how fucking big it is. And uh, the story, kind of the story behind it is, because Ryan tried to sell them a fire system a couple years ago before they opened, and the guy who owns the place knows nothing about uh, knows nothing about beer. He's just like a guy who has a lot of money and wanted to get in on the beer game. So he pretty much poached like all these these like really good like brewmasters from other breweries and then brought them to brewery x and had them brew beer for him Ooh. so he he's like strictly like business that's and he's very successful it's 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 a little <laughs> dirty but it is i mean i mean talk about a damn near guaranteed way to make money and yeah, that's seriously that's it every weekend that place is packed and like i said it's like the size of a costco it's Maybe a little bit smaller, but the place is fucking huge. <laughs> it is, <laughs> yeah. It is. It is massive. I, I've only been there once at one time, but I was. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was just taken aback. I, I, it was hard to take everything in. Yeah, and not only the inside; they have an out, a huge outdoor area as well, and I, it, it's wild. They have like I think they have like three or four bars inside of the <laughs> inside of the building because they have to because there's so many people at times. We have like a bunch of food trucks. Now they now they make their own pizza. They have like their own pizza oh, ovens. So now they make their own they make their own food now. Yeah, along with all the the food trucks that park inside of the building because the building is so big. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and they're like their branding is really cool too. It's very. Mm-hmm. It's not like unique, but it's edgy. It's like edgy for us millennials, you know. Yeah, and and what I, what's surprising that they do well is that they brew a lot of different styles. Because a lot of a lot of breweries like they have a specialty like a their specialty is sours. Another brewery's specialty is IPAs, but they brew a little bit of everything: pills, lagers, hellas, I, all kinds of IPAs, sours, stouts, everything that you could want. They have there. Mm, mm, mm. Crazy. So, uh, what do you give your dosekis? Oh, so we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but you should at least give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So, what do you give your dosekis, Amber Jeff? Uh, this is this is this is like two point two five. I probably go up and down from like two to two point two five to maybe two point five if it's a good day. But it always floats in, the, in that in that area. Um, okay. I, I think it's good. It's I know it's big beer and like it's not like good, <laughs> but I don't care. This is legit. Probably like it's not my favorite Mexican style lager, but it is definitely like top three for me. What what would what would be your top Pacifico? No, I I mean. Just based off of taste and also nostalgia is uh, Indio. Indio is my favorite. Oh, I haven't had fuck. I haven't had that in years. Yeah, that's. Um, so I mean, sorry. it's yeah. I I have a lot of nostalgia with that beer, so that's why it's my number one. But Pacifico is really good. That's that's always um, mm. consistent. But I think number Better two than Corona. Would, would yeah for sure. Everything Corona is trash. It's just <laughs> I, I buy Corona light because it's always so damn cheap. Yeah, that's true. It's very cheap. And and 
I want to buy like a nice Mexican beer or like a cheap Mexican beer, but I think Corona is so gross. So, but Corona Light okay. m- tastes more like water, so it's a lot easier to take down. <laughs> but I think my number two Mexican lager would probably be like Bohemia. That's oh, really Bohemia good. is solid. Yeah. Negro Modelo is good too. Negro Modelo is good. Good, good. Mm. Yeah, Bohemia is another one I haven't had in a long time. So you kind of forget about it. It's, it's you know, it's it's yeah. It's not sold everywhere. That's why. Yeah, and they don't they don't sell it in like the bigger packs. It's usually just like a sixer, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a twelve pack of it that I could think of. And it gets confused. Yeah, everyone with goes towards, a lot too. Yeah, because it has the, it's the same color scheme and everything. Yeah, I could see that. So you got a two point two five for the Dosecchi's Amber. My uh, Nar from Brewery X. I'm going to have to give this one a 2.8 out of 3. Ooh, damn. This is good. This is Wowzer. Like, it is smooth, baby. Coming it out is hot. V- very smooth at 8.1%. It's good stuff, man. I I I highly recommend this to even people who who aren't into hazies. Like become a haze bro like me. Be be as cool as me by drinking these hazes. Yeah, that's what I want to do. It's all it takes, baby. It's I all do, it takes. I do like the name of it though. I like I like that name. The Nar, yeah, <laughs> it has like a very, it has like a like a eighty. The the picture on the can is like kind of very eighties with like um a skull with like eighty sunglasses and like leopard print or not leopard print. What's like zebra print or something? Yeah, it's kind of ugly, but you know, I don't fuck know. it. I'm just gonna Google it while you're talking about it right now. Just do it right now. It, yeah. it fits the it fits the name. The label fits the name. So this is uh, it's refreshing. Even good for summer days. Oh, High that's ABV so beers. rad. I love that. That's a you cool. Like it? Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Dude, that is like, that's, yeah, that's everything I love. There's pink writing, stupid skeleton, <laughs> obnoxious <laughs> sunshades that you would see at like a ski resort, like in hot tub time machine. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It is ugly, but cool. Ugly, but cool. So yeah, 2.8 out of 3 for me on the NAR. On oh, the well, NAR. also because... It's not on Beer Advocate. Our boy Raul has not reviewed it. So that kind of sucks. It's been a while since we've seen him. But like, it's too new to be on Beer Advocate? I guess so. Nobody's nobody's put it up there yet. No one's shredded the gnar yet? <laughs> Nobody's shredded the gnar. <laughs> really dumb. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's get into um, let's get into our vinyl stuff, uh, what we picked up, some new stuff we've listened to, and then that'll lead into our song of the week. So okay. what do you got, Jeff? Toy, 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 toy. I got a lot of stuff. So like, I got through my backlog, and I got through a lot of records this week just because it's been summer. The kids are out of school, mm-hmm. so didn't have anything else really to do or worry about anything. So I just kind of like kicked back and listened to a lot of records. But okay. uh, I wrote notes and everything, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna condense it to ten. And then next week I'll talk about stuff and then listen to them again. Whatever. So uh, here we go. You ready? Here we go. I was born ready. I was born ready. So one thing, just real quick. I got another Yes album, the classic Yes. It's a comp. Nothing really special about it. But the reason why I picked it up is because in the original packaging, it came with a 45. And mm-hmm. it had Roundabout and then I've seen All Good People, both live, previously unreleased. So it was kind of like a, a treat to find the 45 along with the album itself. That was fun. You don't cool, yeah. like like whenever an album comes with a, a bonus forty five. It's really rare to find both of them together. Yeah, especially when it's that old. Yeah, and the forty five was in, was in great condition, so I just had to pick it up. And those are Makes like sense. banger yes songs, so no brainer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sticks. I I 
I like sticks a lot, and I for purged, some reason, yeah. I purged pretty much all of my sticks except for their first four, and then Grand Illusion. Grand Illusion is good, but that's yeah, good. So I got their first album, Sticks, their their self titled debut, and then the Serpent is Rising. I got another version of that, and their original label was called Wooden Nickel, and they released their first four on this on the Wooden Nickel, and then like the sleeper hit um, Lady from their second album became famous like as their fourth album came out. So they got signed to A&M Records and left Wooden Nickel and then they blew up from there. But that was like the turning point where they became not sticks and started becoming like the synth driven band. And then when Tommy Shaw and then when Tommy Shaw joined the band, that was like full blown what we know and hate as sticks. That (laughs) they were completely different. Their, their first, their first three albums are for sure just, straight like prog rock very heavy very little like key solos or any of the goofy stuff it's just mm-hmm. very like rock based and it's it's really good you have you have uh the serpent is rising waiting for you in your pile so oh i can't wait it's it, it is really good they get <laughs> dude it's crazy because like their first four albums they just get like shit reviews and people just say they're just trash but it's the complete opposite it's their later mm-hmm. albums that are complete trash their pop albums that are complete trash but that's they're, what everyone loves they're fucking bad <laughs> like that song dog or mr Roboto. oh that song's terrible oh I, my i've never God. liked that song that's from their album like a couple albums after grand illusion and it's that it's, it's i think it's called kilroy was here that album mm-hmm. is just, just absolute garbage and i just don't <laughs> i just don't understand i don't understand why the early stuff doesn't get more recognition because it is really really good yeah, I, I mean, what I, I talk shit about them a lot, but the albums I do have, I I really enjoy. I really enjoy, and even even though I don't know which ones I have, <laughs> I have. I have, know I have the Grand Illusion. Yeah, you have Grand Illusion. I think you have Pieces of Eight with with uh, with. That's the one with like the green cover, and then in the middle there's like a forest, like a small picture of a forest. That is the Grand Illusion. No, that is. Then then I had the other one. I have is the uh, the one with the faces on it. Yeah, that's Pieces of Eight. That one has Renegade on okay. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the two I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They're good. They're good. Grand Illusion's okay. good for like nostalgia. It's 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 not like an objectively good album really. It's it, it flows well. It's fun. Yeah. What Renegade? Renegade's really is a good. Fucking banger. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you cannot fuck with that song. Yeah, that song's good. Really, yep. really good. Mm. Um All right. So what else you got? Uh Devo. Let's let's just talk about Devo oh, here. Okay. Even so, yeah, we just did a, a Devo song on uh, Rage Against the Pod. Yeah, so let's let's full blown Devo mode. Um, I have two. <laughs> okay. I had two of their albums. I had their first album, Are We Not Men, and then I had like their fifth album. Oh no, it's Devo. That was that, the is that the one with Beautiful World? No, I don't remember. No, even it's, though we just did it last week. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not because I, I. That's the reason why I, I went back to this and checked and listened to them. But, um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Are We Not Men because I want to do that on the pod at some point. But I will say that it's really, really good. The album relies heavily on guitars to, like, drive the songs forward. And it gives mm-hmm. that real good, like, punk rock edge. That's great. Now, yeah. their fifth album from 1982, this is, like, complete opposite of their debut. This is almost all synth-driven. There, there are guitars mm-hmm. there, but they're so buried and they're they're strictly there for rhythm at best, but they're pushed all the way to the back, barely hear them. And it's, it's, it's pretty lame. It's not like a bad album and some songs are pretty damn catchy, but 
like the entire song is essentially the same drum like drum machine beat yeah, over and over boring. and over. I don't like that. So I, I purged like it. it. I got rid of it. Good. It's gone. Purge the shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna listen purge to that shit again. Well, yeah. All right. Well, here's one I should have purged, but I didn't. So I got the Foo Fighters oh, no. greatest hits. <laughs> oh, no, why would you purge that? I mean, it's it's solid. It's solid. It has some bangers on there. I I, I mean, I've, I do shit talk the Foo Fighters a lot. Yes, but they do have a lot of bangers. So that's you know that's that's fine. But I am 100 percent happy owning this and nothing else ever by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> I will say that's that. Fair. That's but, fair. After all the shit talking, that's fair. But I will say, like, so it's two discs, four sides. The first two are just, they're perfect. All the songs are perfect. And then the last disc, or the last side, are songs, some, some of these songs I've never even heard before, like uh, Wheels and Word Forward. I don't know. Maybe I, if I heard them. One of them was a new song strictly for this release, and I never heard it. And the other one mm-hmm. was, I can't even remember what it was. But... Um, <laughs> But the third, the third side. So the third side, the song called "Long Road to Ruin." What Do is that? Um, I, I have the I have the track list up right now. I'm looking at it. So yeah, the third Long third disc. Ruin. Oh okay. And then yeah, that was off of. I don't know much about that album. Okay, because so that, that song is a full blown stinker. That song sucks. <laughs> it is trash. And then the next one. <laughs> this is this is a call. Not uh-huh. as bad, but. But that's I would call that a stinker. I'm trying to think what Oh, that was on their first record. That was on their first record, yeah. Okay. It was right, the, so th- those just... those were those were pretty bad. But everything so I mean we, yeah, dude, their, sorry, fir- their first their first their first the first album in the, the double thing, it's just one hundred percent bangers. So that's all my life up through I would assume learn to fly. No, Maybe times, times like, like these and Monkey Wrench. Come on. Oh, they fit eight songs on, on one side? Yeah. Well, that's two Wait, sides. Oh, no, it's just on one, on one, one LP. Okay. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, All My Life Up and Through Monkey Wrench is the first disc, and all those songs are bangers. Easy. Breakout is really good, too, on the on the second disc. Yeah, Big Me on, and Breakout. Side C. Yeah. Big Me and Breakout were fine. I didn't think it was, like, great, but I, I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm still on the high from, like, times like these and Monkey Wrench. But Long mm-hmm. Road to Ruin, like, completely ruined it. And then Skin and Bones is really, really good. And then Wheels of Word Forward, I never heard before. And I thought they were pretty good. And, of course, yeah. Everlong Acoustic. Can't oh, th- you that. did? I was, that's what I was going to ask. I thought I was going to ask if that was on there because it's showing up on the track list. I would not have. I, honestly, I would not have kept this if the acoustic version of that was not on there. <laughs> You're so stupid. I would not. Because that's, that's their best song. <laughs> um, It is. It's close. It's probably this. Uh, no, it yeah, is. Yeah, it might be there. No, it is their best. You're right. It, it is. is their best. It is their best. Yeah. I can't argue with that. So it doesn't. Uh, I'm looking at the track list and it says on the. There's some exclusive versions and one of them is uh, Have a Cigar from Pink Floyd. Another one is a Paul McCartney song. But those aren't on there? No. I will say yeah, too, I mean, when, when, I, when, I turned, when I threw it on and I, and I turned my speakers up pretty loud and then that little guitar part in, from All My Life in the beginning came on. Mm-hmm. I did. I did smile, and I was like, "Damn, this is fucking good." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so. It's so simple, and it's so. <laughs> I know it's dumb. so I love fucking it. cheesy and annoying. Dum, dum, I, dum, why dum, I dum, love it? Dum 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 dum. <laughs> it's so fucking crisp. Oh, it sounds so good. It does sound great. <laughs> it really does. I, I'm so. I wish there was there was one single off of that album, the one by one album, that I wish was on here, and that was the song "Low." That song is really good. 
that's probably that and Everlong are probably my two favorite Foo Fighter songs. Don't know if I've ever heard Low. Maybe it, I don't think it was. So. It was actual. It was they had a video for it, and Jack Black was in it. And in the video, Jack Black and it's only it's only Jack and Dave Grohl, and they go to like a like in a hotel, and they get super drunk in their hotel room, <laughs> and then it just like gets super super weird, and they like start cross dressing, and it just gets super bizarre. But it's pretty damn funny. Nice. It's a funny video, and it's a really good song. It's probably yeah. It's I don't know. If, I don't. I would. And it's not better than Everlong, but it's still really good. That's that's the even you like thinking about it. That's you know that's. Must be pretty good then. It better be pretty it good. It is a good one. I think it's really good. Yeah. I do. I do. But this is a solid this is a solid greatest hits. It's all you need. It really is. It's, yeah. this, this is really all you need. Yeah, you're right. Mainly just the first disc. I know. That's why they put every long <laughs> the last the last fucking song so they could sell you the two discs. <laughs> I know, right? There's really <laughs> nothing on the on the second LP that I really care about except for breakout, but that's about it. This is uh this is a weird one. Um I see this all mm-hmm. the time. This is like a dollar and in some places that I go see, just never picked it up because I just never really cared that much. And then it came in one of the the lots that I bought, and so I kept it and listened to it, and I absolutely love it. But I do have one big complaint, but that's the that's that's Fogarty's solo album, Centerfield. Okay, his mm-hmm. uh, it's his third album from '85. Um, I did post a song. I don't know if you listened to it, but I did listen to it. It is so like this entire album is so fucking good. It is like. CCR B sides, Fogarty played all of the albums on here, and so that like therein is my biggest problem. It's the fucking drums. The drums sound like absolutely they sound shit. terrible. Like, I know that's what I hated. It it, <laughs> it totally took me out of it. Those drums were they just sounded bad. Like yeah. it wasn't necessarily the playing; it was the the production of them, and they just they they're bad, and they were poorly placed in the mix they were a little too loud it just it sounded like trash it's such a fucking waste man because the entire album is solid it just has like it just has such a good fogarty sound with like a tinge of ccr it's not ccr but you know like this guy was in ccr it's it's all there (laughs) it's just it's so hard to really get behind it because those drums sound like absolute shit (laughs) yeah it it really ruins the song i if (laughs) Honestly, if they could somehow remix that record or redo that record and just take the the drums out and put like a something else in there, uh, it would sound so much better. Did so? Did he actually play the drums on it? I don't. I mean, it, it just from what I read, it just said he played all of the instruments. So that I I that either means yeah he played the drums or he just programmed them himself. Because this was eighty five. Like, so maybe I don't think like, you could program drums. I don't. I don't think people were able to do that back then. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, whatever it is, it's it's it sounds like eighties. Like the drums. Like if you took everything out except for the drums, I would fucking think this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, they're very electronic sounding. But this um this album was, was this, yeah I'm gonna keep it just because the songs are really good. Well, like there's a lot of songs that are really really good. Okay. But this album right. this album does have a lot of controversy. Um, this is the one that Fogarty got sued for playing a John Fogarty song. That sounded like too too much, like uh, Run Through the Jungle. Oh, is, I think I remember that. I remember yeah, reading We kind of like that, briefly talked, talked about, about this. And, and he, Fogarty was sued by Saul Zantz, which is the, he was the owner of Fantasy Records. Mm-hmm. And he sued him because he's like, well, you're ripping off like John Fogarty, where <laughs> John Fogarty as CCR is a different entity than John Fogarty's solo stuff. It's insane. It is kind of, it kind of makes sense, but 
like legally it makes sense, but like in the real world, that it's fucking asinine radio. But <laughs> Fogarty eventually won the case, and then what I was reading is he actually brought his guitar to the witness stand, and then like mm-hmm. simplified his explanation and played "Run Through the Jungle." in a very like DIY thing. And then he played the one that sounded like run through the jungle. And then just be, and then he was trying to explain to people that just because a lot of bands sound the same, doesn't mean like they're ripping off from each other. And then Mm -hmm. he was trying to like separate John Fogarty solo from John Fogarty, like CCR stuff. But anyway, he eventually won and went to like the Supreme court and everything and everyone. Then like in a whole new like case thing opened up and depending on or because of this. Now when you sue somebody, like civilly or or contractually like this, the winners is now no the loser is liable to pay the winners attorney fees or something like that mm-hmm. because of this whole thing that that exploded. Because interesting, like it was it was a really really big deal and it was like really iconic for like music in general and and, and litigation. So it's so stupid. I do. It's so stupid, but. It- I think it's great that he brought his guitar in and tried to and was like teaching people the difference between the two. Yeah, how fucking cool that is that? That is so cool. Like how many people could actually do that? God, the <laughs> balls in that guy. It's so after cool. dude, it's like after so many years of of not liking Fogarty too, just because we've always assumed that he was kind of the instigator of all the problems. Mm-hmm. And then when we did Cosmo and then we kind of like realized like no, dude, he he kind of like didn't do anything wrong. He's just kind of was always put in a bad light and wanted the best for the band and the band just they turned on them kind of greedy yeah yeah so i i, I have i hold john Fogarty in a whole a whole different light and it's a good album let's check it out oh okay maybe it's, it's like a dollar i don't know Th- those drum those drums are bad though I, they don't go away so just so it's, you know. it's too distracting <laughs> way too distracting <sighs> okay what else you got uh, keeping in in the classic rock era, Doors. I got two albums by the Doors. Ooh, gross. Okay. Good Doors, right? I got their second album, Strange Days, nineteen sixty seven. Dude, mm-hmm. lot of good, lot of good keys, lot of rad keys, rad key, Ronnie rad key, Ronnie rad key. <laughs> Hopefully, there's there's less uh, Morrison because that's that's always the best. Less Morrison, the better. Just just wait till I get to my second album. <laughs> I, oh I I don't often praise like keyboardists a lot, but but Manzarek Manzarek Manzarek, he uh, he dude he kills it. Like the last song, uh, we want the world. It's just this weird psychedelic trip, and Jim gets real into it, but not like the kind of like annoying way you you imagine him doing it. It's <laughs> it's it's it, like everyone's really grooving off each other, and you can tell it's not Jim doing his own thing while the band tries to keep up. It's really Jim inserting himself into the music and like going forward as a team it's really good yeah. and okay. there's there's a lot of like really weird silences and a lot of these awkward pauses that happen and it's just it's so damn good nice. and then the other album i got is essentially the last album they did um after jim died and they took all of jim's poetry that he did that he recorded and they just basically wrote music to back it up and and you know people people were mad they did this they were saying mm-hmm. like you know this you know, you're tarnishing Jim's poetic le- le- legacy, but then like people close to the band and and like even like Jim's friends are like no like this is exactly why Jim did this so they could not not because he knew he was gonna die but Jim recorded these so they could eventually make them into songs like this is this is what he would want most so I'm all for yeah, it I point. dig it 
I think it's absolutely fucking phenomenal. It is it is literally just Jim reading poetry with like a backing band. That is it. I don't know if I could do that. That's <laughs> that's, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> oh, he so he was so fucking full of himself. Man, I, I just, you, oh dude, you I, should just you should listen to some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. Like he talks <sighs> about his he 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 specifically says my my cock a lot. And so he talks about his cock a lot and, and how so great he is. And I don't know what it is, dude. This guy is just unbelievable. This band is unbelievable. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out of your fucking mind. I, <laughs> Morrison is not, dude. He's the, he's a terrible. He's fucking terrible. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Maybe, maybe one day. Probably not. But maybe one. Probably day. not. Probably not. So I, I really just need Morrison Hotel, and I'm like good on my door stuff because I have pretty much everything else by them. But then how often are you going to listen to all the doors? I listen to them all the time. Well, okay. Like I, 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 I regularly go back to Ellie Woman. That's obviously at the top of my, my replay list. And then mm. their first album. Like, that's that's a fucking banger album. Okay. And it's nice yeah. because my original copy of it, I had a, an original pressing, a mono pressing, mm-hmm. like original labels, and it's a little, it was pretty beat up, but I still sold it for like $35. And it was like beat up though, but like normally they can go for like 80, 90 bucks. That's and wild. So then with that money, I just bought like a nicer copy. It was still, it was still like a, like an older one, but it was a stereo version, which mm-hmm. is fine. And it sounds, it sounds like a lot better. And then in one of the lots, there was another copy that was earlier than my stereo that I had bought. So it was like a, it was a repress, but it was an earlier repress and it sounds even better. So I just switched them out and then sold that the, the other stereo one for like $15 and then got the one that I have now for free. Did they did they release a lot of stuff in mono? Was it like was that one of their things? Like like I don't, the Beatles and and No, you know, no. I, I don't I don't I don't think so. I think just because their first one when it came out, I think it was just in mono. Oh, okay. okay. But I mean, I don't even know like originally like releases if it was in mono cuz they wanted it to be or just because it had to be. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. <coughs> so yeah, moving on. Um, Pink Floyd. Their album More. More okay. Good stuff. Pink Floyd. This is their third album, kind of right. This is like the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but the album, 1969. It's not bad. It's, uh, it's not great, but it's not bad. The songs. The songs just seem like short and and just mm-hmm. lazy, like lazy ambition. Like they knew they knew what what sounds they wanted but maybe just didn't have the time to really get into them. And that mm-hmm. was, that was all that, that was like, it's only real problem. Cause it's also a soundtrack. Yeah. I no, feel like I, you, you, yeah. you lose a lot of the, the, the personality of a band on a soundtrack. It's, it's like the same with the Beatles when, when they did their soundtracks, they're good, but they're not, they're definitely lackluster compared to you right. know, everything else that they've done. So it's not entirely fair to judge it just based off of this. Um, I did read the, of course you did. I did read the, um, like the synopsis to this, the movie or the, the story to more. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. Like I'm very interested in watching this dude. It's an interesting, like psychedelic take on heroin overdose and death. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it looks, it sounds when I was reading, it just sounded very, very interesting and put to like the pink Floyd soundtrack. I just, I imagine it being fucking pretty damn phenomenal. But have you ever seen stuff from like the sixties? Like in the early seventies, like stuff like that. It's, it's so trippy and weird, and it just, it's just, it's some of the a lot of that stuff is not very good. Those no, kind of movies. Yeah, like I, 
I don't know, like the earliest kind of like weird shit I got into, like this movie called Altered States. You ever seen Altered States? No. It's just like early 80s science fiction horror movie. And that was, that was like based around like sensory deprivation. So it was really fucking weird. And the people doing it mm-hmm. were like taking like, like LSD and all these other psycho, psycho, <laughs> psychedelic drugs. And so that mm-hmm. was like when I worked at Blockbuster, actually, I watched this. And so from there, I started getting into a lot of like indie movies and a lot of weird shit. But it was only starting from like the early 80s on. I never went backwards. Where it kind of started. So I, I'm I'm definitely very interested in this, and I really want to watch this. I mean, it's kind of like you know the the trippiness of A Clockwork Orange, but way weirder. Like the, a lot of those movies were back then. The way the way I read it is, this is like a mix of Requiem for a Dream, like that type of intensity, mixed with like A Clockwork Orange, and then just add a bunch of more psychedelic themes to it. Yeah, that's kind of how a lot of that shit was back then. At least the few that I've seen over the years. Sounds good, that's though. How it was. Yeah. I, I mean, in high school, I watched a lot of stuff like that because I got really into Clockwork Orange. So then I went and started watching like old weird movies like that back from the 60s and 70s. They're they're just A lot of them just don't make sense. They're just it's too over overindulgent and I don't know. You should watch not, Altered not really States. It was, that, was, that was some good shit. I, I mean, I'm down to watch it, but I don't know when I would ever watch it unless I was like hanging out with you or something. You ever seen Eraserhead? I have. That was, that was like, weird. That was from like, was that early 80s? Maybe that late, was, late yeah, 70s? I think it was late 70s. That was David Lynch's first movie, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was his first movie, but yeah, that's that's another one that I saw after Altered States. So, I mean, it had to have been like right around 1980, I would, I would assume. It was 1977. Okay. Yeah, it was 77. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was his first, if, I don't know if it was Lynch's first film, but yeah, it's uh yeah, it's fucking old, 77. Hmm. Yeah, that that movie was fucking weird too, but what do you expect from David Lynch? He's a strange dude. Even like his more conventional stuff is still weird, you know? Like Twin Peaks. Like that the, the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, they're it, that's like the most normal he's ever been, I feel. They're very strange. Yeah, Twin Peaks is just um it's a soap opera, really. It's a soap opera, but it's, I mean, this is going to sound like a like a jab, but it's not. It's just buried in, like, nuance. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's, totally, totally. That's, I, I can't even think of, like, anything else that is as dense as Twin Peaks, like, in that in that True. same vein. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. He, he, it's crazy how much he had to tone it down for primetime TV at that, in, like, 1989. It's like, it's like the prog rock of TV. It really is. It really is. I fucking love that show. Oh, yeah, I love that. I need to finish that show. I know. You you blew it. You right, blew after it. after Fresh Prince, I'm going to start over and then go through the whole thing. Just fucking just do it. And I'm going to do it in two days. You're going to do the third season, too? You're going to get that wild and do the third season? Yeah, why not? And then you're going to do the movie as well? Firework. It's a movie? It's a prequel oh. movie, yeah. It was a movie that was made after the show, like right after the show, or the first two seasons, and then, but it's a prequel to the show. The third season is like typical David Lynch, just none of it really makes sense. <laughs> or it very loosely makes sense. And yeah, that third season is fucking weird. I'll watch it. I can go yeah, fuck. I, I know you will. I know you will. So what else you got? Uh, I finally found Regatta de Blanc by The Police, their second album. <laughs> and so you have them all now or what? Yeah, all five. I'm probably going to purge Synchronicity at some point. Okay. 
maybe even no, I'll probably keep the the first four because I think the first four are bangers. But synchronicity, eh, eh, mm-hmm. whatever's. But I didn't think this would be that difficult to find. But I swear, dude, I've 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 never seen it, and it was only like eight dollars from Grace Records, so not wasn't like an expensive mm-hmm. record, but. It's just one of those things. I like Van Halen's one. It's not an expensive record, but it's just whenever it's put out, it's scooped up. Yeah, makes sense. But damn, dude, that's the like, one. The one with the the orange cover, right? The blue and orange cover. I'm trying to think. N- no, this is this is the one that's like black and blue. The, the blue and orange one might be Zenyatta Mandata. Their maybe their third one. It was like a triangular thing yeah, in the, the background. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. Yeah, that's their that's their third album, Zenyatta Mandata. Damn, we just did The Police, what, like a year and a half ago, and I already forgot? Well, I mean, you know what it is, though. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. But, dude, like, what a what an eye-opening experience of how good The Police are. It's crazy. No, they were remarkably good. Fucking they were nuts. remarkably good. Like, everything Stuart they did. Copeland. Up until Synchronicity, but... <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. where that was in my rankings. It was probably last. It was I don't know. I, I really don't remember. Uh, I'd have to go back to my notes. That's good because it's it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just it was like it was eighties music. It, that was your last one. It was early eighties, and like every breath you take, that was like the biggest song on there. Mm-hmm. That is a oh, fucking yeah. That's a lame eighties song. It is. It is. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking at my rankings. I just pulled them up. Synchronicity was at the bottom. Yeah, that was at the bottom. What'd you do? Well, 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 give me your rankings right now. I want to. I want to. Okay. So number five was Synchronicity. Uh, number four was Ghost in the Machine. Number three was Zenyatta Mondada. Uh, number two was Outlandos Diamor. And oh. then number one was Regatta de Blanc. So you almost went like in order of release, except for the first two. Yeah. What was that how it went? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th- those yeah. are my rankings. We did Outlandos and then Regatta de Blanc. So would, like, would you buy Regatta now that you you refreshing your memory that it was your favorite? I, I think I would buy one. I would buy one police record. And it would probably be that one, just because I don't. I don't. Need, I would never listen to more than one record at a time. Ooh, so good just the way it is. Said the way it is. Okay. All right. Do we? Do we? Do wait. What? What album did we do? We did Outlandos. Okay. Okay. Got it. The first. So album. that was my. That was my second favorite. There we go. Yeah. All That's right. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, now I'm getting into uh, leading up to my pick of the week. This is all going to be surf rock. First, the ventures. I bought another, another ventures one, but this is out of their 300 records. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> really, really interested in that many more. <laughs> I purged a lot though. I only have like four left, maybe five left. Okay. That's not terrible. Cause a lot of them are just themed and this theme I fucking love. And this is, they're playing TV show theme songs. Okay. And it's, Fair. this is 1966 and, the first one on the on the cover, it's you know, it's got the Batman theme song on it, so that's interesting. And great theme song, dude. This is like, this is so good. This is so damn good. It's 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 instrumental surf music with very very little vocals. Sometimes there's vocals just to like harm with the guitars, but otherwise mm-hmm. it's just like straightforward instrumental surf music. And like the Batman, the Batman, that part. They use their guitars in a way to make it sound like there's people, like a whole chorus singing, but it's really just like the guitars going. Okay. Maybe like a little bit of vocals, but then other songs too, like Secret Agent Man, you, you can hear you can hear somebody go, like instead of the Secret Agent, but you can hear someone go like Secret, and then the guitar, 
meow, meow. So it's <laughs> that's cool. It is unbelievably good. It is I. I did not think it was going to be this exciting and fun, and I, I had a blast listening to this. So this is definitely you should if you ever if you ever see I've never seen this before, but if you ever see this, you get, you got to pick this one up. Man, I haven't. I I rarely go record shopping anymore. You gotta go. You I go gotta maybe go. like once or twice a month now. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't. I really don't like it either. I miss it. You know, when when I go to Glasshouse, I just I drop I drop a lot when I go there. So that is true. So it's like I'll spend at least like a hundred bucks while at Glasshouse, and then I'm good for like a month, and then I get that that itch, and I'm just like, I need more. But then I don't want to go anywhere else because I know Glasshouse has the best selection, so I just go back and drop another hundred. Yeah, that's always hard too, because because I mean you do buy enough to last you. Like when I usually go record shopping now, I'm a lot more picky. I don't just buy everything anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm like curating my my collection to be like good rather yeah. than just quantity quality over quantity at this point. So when I go to like like Aldo's or Nichols, I'll just buy one, maybe two records, but those records will will be twenty to thirty dollars for both of them, as opposed to where I would normally be buying, you know, all of John Fogerty's albums, and I would pay, pay five dollars for six albums or something. <laughs> so dumb. So, I mean, it's it's uh. it's helped it's helped me like learn a lot about the the industry, the record industry. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a. I listen to a lot of fucking records. Like I listen to thousands. Yeah, no, I it's, I believe it. I mean, I have it two. is it is insane. And like I've I've gotten rid of probably I've listened to and gotten rid of probably over two thousand records. That 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 blows my mind because I haven't I haven't done I haven't purged that many. I've probably purged I don't know maybe five hundred records, maybe five hundred over the year that we've been doing this. <laughs> Which in itself <laughs> sounds insane, right? Oh God, this is a dumb hobby. But I it, love it. It is. It is. And then I plus, like, I work from home too. So even during when I'm actually working, I, I just have records playing. So yeah. even like on busy days where I'm actually working for once and working a lot of hours in a day, it's just I constantly have records playing. Mm-hmm. It's always music playing, and it's just it's insane how many records I listen to, and it's just sickening. It's disgusting. It is. But I. But I. It's awesome at the same time. Yeah. It's a great hobby. It's, I, the, it's I, the dumbest and greatest hobby all at the same time. Yes, it is so stupid. It is so pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much happy though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, another album I got: um, the Sentinels. Their album "Big Surf." This is their first album, nineteen sixty-three. Mm-hmm. They uh, they did have singles out as early as nineteen sixty-one, but these 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 dudes are from San Luis Obispo. Uh, Central California for all you non-natives out there. Kind of cool. Um, these guys are kind of like in between. They're of, of, they're in between of like the more lighthearted adventures and then the more like Middle Eastern faster twang of Dick Dale. Mm-hmm. They also have a saxophone player and they use it a lot and it's loud and it's fun and it's uh, it is definitely loud in the mix at times, but it's because. It's like intentional. It's it's like he's trying he's trying to be annoying, and then like the guitars will pick up a little bit to kind of overshadow the sax. So it's kind of like they're battling each other a little bit, and it gives a cool like surf rock like this this this, kind of, this cool kind of jazz edge to it, and yeah. I like it. I dig it. All right. Cool, um, cool. but I, I don't know. Like so, like th- this was interesting because I didn't know anything about this because this, this this was on my list of of buys for a very long time. I knew these guys were didn't know who the members were, but. Some of these guys went on to like have really successful careers outside of surf rock. Like Lee Michaels was in the band, and I actually have an album by Lee Michaels. I think it's a really cool psychedelic album 
never even heard of this guy, didn't, nothing about it, but I kept it. But he uh, he went off from this band and did like a bunch of cool shit and even played with Hendrix for for a, a many years as his backup band or session musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. And another guy, Johnny uh, Johnny Barbada, who played drums, he eventually went off and played in a fuck. He was like the 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 Josh Freeze of this era. He played with so many bands and he's been on so many albums like Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Jefferson, Starship, The Turtles. Was he like? Was he part of the Wrecking Crew? No. Okay, because they did a lot of shit too. So yeah, no. This this is just one guy. Yeah, the Wrecking Crew were involved in a shit ton of <laughs> just things. Just about everything. <laughs> yeah, but like it's 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 weird to think that the guy who played drums on the the Turtle song "So Happy Together," okay, is also playing surf music in the Sentinels. That is pretty cool. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. So that's a cool band. I really enjoyed this album. Your, your obsession with surf, I, it's it's interesting. It, I mean, the amount of surf stuff that you have, I, I, I can't imagine owning that much. Like Dick Dale always, and a couple of ventures, like that's as far as I'll go with surf. I, I, I've always liked surf music, but I never, I never really like separated the different genres, like the subgenres of surf music, like the vocal aspect of like the beach boys and jan and dean from Mm. the instrumentals of the ventures and dick dale surf music has always just kind of been you know surf music and i think that stems from from like friends of the pod joe ronald and i we used to take like the the bus down beach boulevard and go to the beach and go boogie boarding all the time Mm -hmm. and being gone all day so there's like there's a certain like nostalgia to surf music in general and it's really easy to play it's not very difficult it all sounds the same and so like it's just all around a good time it is. It really, really is. There's nothing. It's never a negative thing when you listen to it. It's, yeah, it's not crazy. much thinking involved. No, not at all. It's a great genre. Genre. Okay. All right, dude. That's that's it. So this is my weekly pick. You ready for this? I'm, I was born ready. So I, I picked the song called "Let's Go Trippin." It's by mm-hmm. by Dick Dale. Um, this is from his first album, Surfer's Choice, 1962. This is this is considered to be like the first surf rock song ever. Like this is, this is what started it all. And is the is the record not really surf music or what? It's not what you think as as normal Dick Dale. Um, it is, it is surf rock. It is instrumental. There is a little bit of of vocals, and the song Miserloo is on this, but it's not straightforward Miserloo like Pulp Fiction style Miserloo. It's mm-hmm. it's it's called Miserloo Twist. And so it's kind of incorporated into like rock and roll, like fifties rock and roll. Okay, interesting. So I didn't even know there was a version that existed like that until this album. I was listening to it. And I was like, "Oh, cool, Majelu's up." And then all of a sudden, it like transitioned to some like rock and roll shit. And I, I was like, "Wow, this, <laughs> is, this is no, no, it's not as good as the original version, but it's still really good. It's 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 just a different take on it, I guess." So then, uh, so let's play your uh, your song of the week. What, what is it again? Uh, let's go tripping by Dick Dale. Here we go. Go tripping. <laughs>
There's a little bit of Dick Dale in the song Let's Go Trippin' from his debut record. It's so fun. It's it's so happy. It just <laughs> it just makes you think of a different time. I, I don't know. I I love that. I love that feeling. It is. It is so specific. Like I mean, I don't know if it's just regional and we know what it's like to be in that area, but I imagine people that aren't even from a coastal city can listen to surf rock and just imagine what it would be like going down like Main Street in any real SoCal city at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's got to be. Yeah, I know. It's 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 weird. Or even just like they they would associate it with a movie, you know, or something like that. Whether it be like Endless Summer, which I think is I mean, it literally is the most surf movie you could ever put out. But but anything, any like even action movies like Point Break, like if you watch that movie, you're going to think of surfing and you can kind of relate it to that. I don't know. It's it's a great genre, great genre of music. So, yeah, I, uh, <sighs> I, I love this album. Dude, like, I really want to do a dick. I want to do this album, too, because there's this guy is just Richard Munsoor. He is he is so interesting. And even things that that we already know are interesting but even like other things that i found out about this week that are just like crazy interesting and mm-hmm. he's just really cool man he's 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 easily probably like top three just coolest guitarists of all time yeah definitely definitely he he revolutionized not just the style but how the guitarist played and you know him being left-handed it's it's cool it, it he was truly a revolutionary uh guitar player he was he was Can't left-handed deny. but he didn't like he didn't flip the strings like a lot of left-handed guitarists do. He just kept them the way it is. So he just yeah. plays the guitar. Li- literally, yeah, a right-handed guitar just upside down. And so sometimes when he's trying to hit like the low E and stuff, he would have to wrap his hands over rather than go under. Mm-hmm. He would wrap his like right hand over the fretboard and go down to hit it like that. And so sometimes if you see like old videos of him playing, you can see him wrap his right hand over the fucking fretboard. That's so weird. It's so So weird. weird. <laughs> Dude, and then like, like just reading a lot about this guy too. He's like regularly blow out Fender amps, so like that's kind of how him <laughs> and Leo Fender blew, like hooked up. Yeah, and and like F- Leo would would try to make an amp that essentially could withstand the beating that Dick Dale was gonna give it. <laughs> that's so sick. That and like is and like so cool. He used to play at this place called the Rendezvous Room, which is in Balboa Beach, which mm. I I've never even heard of this place. Not, not there anymore, but. Like in in the, in like 1960, before his first album even came out, he had to get permission from the city to use the rendezvous room as a concert hall because the city was just absolutely terrified of him. They knew the music that he played, what he was doing, and they knew that the people going are going to be this is going to be too rambunctious. So they said, "Yeah, you can play there, but there is no alcohol and there needs to be a dress code." Wow, like too rambunctious is probably like jumping up in the air. Well, like they used to call his. They used to call his his concert stomps. Like, oh, you going to the Dick Dale stomp? Because <laughs> so people bad. were people were essentially just moshing, like just jumping up and down, oh, going so insane. In 1960. <laughs> wow, can you imagine going to one of those shows? Like, what a what a revolutionary thing to see. Fuck, that's so sick. I don't know, like I I'm gonna start making a list of things that I would like to have seen like live, and I think the first public appearance of like Miserloo. I, I yeah, think that I cool. think that would be that would be like face melting to hear anything that fast for the first time. I know it may, it would be like hearing Chuck Berry for the first time, or hearing Little Richard, or 
Hendrix or fucking so many fucking bands. Mind blowing. Fucking mind blowing. I would see Black <laughs> Sabbath at a little bar or pub in Birmingham. Can you imagine that? Like that, it just—it doesn't even seem like it was a real thing. Or seeing Van, or seeing Van Halen at the Whiskey uh, before the first album came out, you, you just can't imagine it. Yeah, it just—it's so weird. Dude, imagine like seeing Van Halen as an opening act for somebody else you're going to see, and then like halfway through Van Halen's set, you forgot why you're even there because this band <laughs> is so goddamn good. Yeah, true. Like that, like I just even thinking that Van Halen was ever an opening act for somebody is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. They're. That's it's unreal. Yeah, they're like one of the bigger than life bands. One of the few out there. Or one of the select few, yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Crazy stuff. So that's it. Surf rock. Get into it. It's good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I don't have a ton of stuff. Um I actually have like nothing new. Everything is from I think the the or the earliest or the latest stuff I have is from like nineteen eighty three. Everything else is before before that. So uh the first thing here, this is all stuff I picked up from Glasshouse over the last week. So the first one here is uh, Les Paul and Mary Ford. Um, Les Paul, obviously the guitar, Les Paul, Gibson, Gibson, Les Paul. That's what he's best known for, but he also put out a shit ton of music over the years up through, up until his death. And, um, and so for the, for a period of time, I think it was like 10 years, he did a bunch of records with his wife, Mary Ford. And this is one of them. This was uh, what's the album is called the fabulous Les Paul and Mary Ford. It's actually a comp, but it, it came out a year after they, because they actually divorced, and when they divorced, that was the end of the band. And this came out a year after the divorce, and um, so it's, I guess it's kind of a best of, but I, it was really cool. It was really fun. I, I could have done without her <laughs> vocals, because like, it would have been cool just to hear him play, because he was truly a remarkable guitar player as well. Not just like what he did with Gibson, but just as a guitar player, dude, he was insane. But uh, it was it was really cool, and this is actually sealed. I got it for three dollars, and it was still That's sealed. For, still sealed from nineteen sixty five. <laughs> I felt bad okay. opening it. I didn't want to open it, but yeah, it was it was. I mean, it you should have just you should have just left it sealed. <sighs> now, now you're making me feel bad. <laughs> now you're making me <laughs> well, feel it's bad. Completely too late, but <laughs> it's just it, like just think about how many people have just like touched that record. Even I don't know. Even like the the children of the. Or the the children of, of of the person that owned it, just yeah. like digging through the stuff, and they like nobody wanted to open it. Yeah, I know, right? It's it like, seems so strange. So I don't. And then I looked at it, hoping I was hoping that like you know because it was still sealed. Because before I opened it, I looked it up, see if it was worth anything, and I couldn't find anything. So then I opened it. I looked at the matrix on it and and typed that all in, and it's still worth only like two dollars, a dollar maybe, even sealed. That sucks. It's just not worth anything. So, I mean, regardless though, it it was a good it was a good comp, and I I would I would definitely get more Les Paul without a vocalist. If it was just instrumental jazz guitar, I'd be so into that. But this is cool to have. It was it was solid stuff. So, got that one. Uh, this next one was actually yours, uh, but I bought my own copy because I hated not having my own, and that was Magma, um, the album. <laughs> I got it for you, but then I wanted it so bad. I just bought my own copy off of Discogs. You're so, such a wiener. I do. I got to have all the magma. I just got to do it. So uh, this one, uh, it's it's called uh, Cone Tarkasas. Uh, it's their fifth record. Came out in 70, 1974. It's, uh, it's actually the second part of a trilogy of records, even though this record technically came out first. 
story wise, it's placed second in the trilogy, and it's set up. This album is set up like a. Uh, it's a lot like a. I don't want to say a soundtrack or a movie score, but it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. But it is so good. Like that, the second half of the record, it, the second half is more of like like what you'd expect of Magma, like just more just like prog and just weirdness. But the first record, the first side is just, it's just loud and it it's very, it's just a lot of soundscapes and it's it's kind of unnerving. Like the entire record is kind of like it kind of keeps you on edge. It's weird. It's super weird, but it's really cool. It's a sick record. So, got that one, uh, and I also have yours here waiting. Just so, had, you just fucking couldn't let it just. Sit. I just like, couldn't. You just had I, to show I me had up. To, you just had I had to. to get one. I had to get my own copy. Did you so. listen to mine before you bought yours? Oh yeah, definitely. You little cuck. Well, <laughs> but isn't it good that I did? Because now I know that there are no loops, scratches, anything like that. No, that's not. That's no. That's good. I just. So. I just. Uh, I think it's funny that you, that you that you can hold out. <laughs> I listened to it the day I got it. <laughs> 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 yeah so uh, so we both have this record now uh the next one i mean obviously all from glass house so uh this next one is uh this guy named king eric and his knights uh <laughs> i picked this up because it was like two dollars and it was calypso music and i'm like okay i've i've harry belafonte which is cool let's get more into calypso music so i got it because it was so cheap and uh, this was so. This was released in 1966. I don't know which one this is in in his discography because he has so much fucking music. But uh, this is some group he started in 1957 out of Kingston, and uh, and he he was he was huge in the scene mainly because of Harry Belafonte. He came out a year after Belafonte, um, and he kind of like picked up on the success of that and just blew up his career down in Jamaica. And they would just perform like sold out shows at hotels and all kinds of things like that. And he, I mean, still, to, I, mean, I don't think he plays anymore, but up until he stopped playing, like he was still selling out, you know, the hotels and everything down in Jamaica. So he was a very, he was very popular, I guess, and made a lot of money. So never heard of this. Yeah. Never heard of him either. But the, the album I got is called all time favorite Calypsos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, it was cool. I'm definitely going to keep this one. And um, I don't know how much more Calypso I'll get though. Because I kind of have my fill. Like you only, you only need like two, maybe three records. Yeah. Like one, one Belafonte, and then probably this, and that's it. Well, it's so hard too, because I mean, Belafonte, a made so many records, and then his biggest ones are pretty, like they're chock full of bangers. Like they're dense with really good songs. Yeah. And what's what's what? I guess it kind of sucks is that he wasn't. He was American. Harry Belafonte was American, but playing music from Jamaica. So I guess that was kind of like a little bit controversial and a lot of, I guess some people resented him for that, but whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever. you know, whatever. But he's, he's from like, he's from like New York, you know, and like the fucking early 1900s. That's still, <laughs> was probably a rough area back then. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next two, uh, Peter Tosh. They're both Peter Tosh records. Uh, oh. The first one is Bush Doctor. Three bucks. Three bucks. That's plays, crap, fuck, That's nuts. Plays flawlessly, not barely any surface noise. Sounds great. Uh, this is his third record from 1978. Uh, this is when he signed with uh, the Rolling Stones record label, and I think it's called Rolling Stones Records. And uh, actually, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are on this record. Keith Richards is on two of them, and then Jagger sings on one of them with uh, Peter. And uh, it's, it's, I love this. It, 
I've heard this record before several times and it's fantastic. And at three bucks, I was shocked. <laughs> I couldn't believe that's, it. So, where was that glass house? Glass house, yeah. That was like a mistake or something. It, that's what I thought. Like, because I, I found two Peter Tosh records and one of them didn't have a label and it was Mama Africa, which I, which I'm going to talk about next. But so I went up and I said, Hey, is this, how much is this? And he just looked it up really quick. It's like, it's eight bucks. And I'm like, Okay, I'll take it. Eight bucks and three dollars, twelve bucks for for two Peter Toshes. Can't complain. Can't complain. So then, Mama Africa. It's his uh, sixth record. Wait, no, yeah, sixth record uh, out in nineteen eighty three. This is the second to last record he put out before he was essentially assassinated. And uh, and then after this record, after he finished recording this record, he kind of like went into a self self imposed exile because he was like focusing more on like himself and Rastafari, and he just kind of like stepped away for a couple years so this record is good but it's very kind of mainstream like it doesn't sound like very raw and kind of in, as interesting as bush doctor or legalize it which i'm most familiar with but it's still good still worth eight bucks okay. so it's good stuff. you gonna purge it no 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 okay unless you want it i'll, I'll sell it to you but hey, i'll take it i mean we'll, we'll talk about it after the button we'll talk about it after okay. the uh, and then the last thing here is my uh, my pick of the week. So, like everything else, got this from Glasshouse, and I was actually going through the the new arrival section. I had just gotten in there like maybe five minutes after getting there. I'm just going through everything, and he put the the guy who who was at the front counter put on a record, and it, the first ten seconds, I was like, I was hooked. I'm like, Dude, what the fuck? I know this. Like, it sounds so familiar, but I can't figure out who it is. But I fucking love it. So so I, I go through everything. I go through all the new arrivals. And you, this, the album's almost over by the time I'm done. And then I go up there and I, I just ask him, like, hey, what is this? And he's like, well, it's a Walter Wanderley. I'm like, oh, okay, are you selling it? Like, immediately, I'm like, I'll just I'll take it. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, you, can, you can buy it, definitely. So I, after the record finished, he held, it on, he held it for me and I got it and I love it. And it's the album mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Moon Dreams. Mm-hmm. It's called Moon Dreams. It's uh, his 28th album. Came out in 1969. <laughs> uh, he was very prolific, if you can't tell, over like a 25-year span. And uh, and if you also don't know, Walter, Walter Wanderley is, uh, he was the guy who kind of, he's kind of like the godfather of bossa nova, like Brazilian bossa nova and samba. And he was kind of founded by Tony Bennett. I, I think I, t- we talk, I talked about him like maybe a month or two ago on the pod because I, I got actually another one of his records back then. And he was, he was, at the time he was huge in Brazil. Like he was selling out places and Tony Bennett was down there vacationing. I think he was vacationing and he, uh, he saw Walter Wanderley play and was just blown away by him. And he brought, you know, a record back with him to the U S and said, you know, this is what I found. This is what I saw down there. And we got to sign this guy this guy has to blow up. And Tony Bennett was like the guy who started his career outside of Brazil and he just blew up from there. And he was, he, he's an organist. He, he's, he's just so, it's so basic and so simple. And I just, I love this. Both of the records I have, I just, I think they're amazing records. So, yeah. So here's the, um, here's the song called Le Amour Dice Chao. If I, I don't know how to pronounce that correctly, <laughs> but it comes off of his, uh, his uh, record Moon Dreams. So here you go. Walter Wanderley.
There you go. Walter Wanderley. Song from his album Moon Dreams. His 28th album. What do you <laughs> think of this one? It's good. You, you know, like... Uh, we we listen to a lot of bossa nova and then you kind of get you don't get like tired of it but you want to listen to other things mm-hmm. when you come back to bossa nova it's always like just as good mm-hmm. as when you left it like it never loses value you're totally right and it's it's, it's, it's a very seasonal it's really good it's a very seasonal genre too like i'm not going to listen to this record when it's cold out like it's got to be a warm day a nice warm day i don't know it's what if it was know. cold and you're sipping like you know, well, for me, it'd be like hot coffee, but like for you, it'd be like uh, a hot cup of Monster by the oh, fireplace God. and listening to Bossa Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound good or what? No, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> hot cup of Monster. I have had a hot Monster before, though, and it was terrible. Is it uh, gag? I, I got like maybe a quarter of the way through and I just dumped it. Like I can't Oh, that's a lot. I yeah. thought you'd just take like a sip. Wow. No, I you got tried. like a quarter way through, yeah. I really did. I really tried. It's terrible. But anyway, yeah, Walter Wanderley. Great stuff, man. I, I think I think he's he's fantastic. I don't I think maybe I'd get a couple more of his records. I wouldn't go too I'm not like gonna go down the Martin Denny route route and get all everything. But uh but no, it's really good. I, I like him a lot. And his staccato kind of playing of the organ I think is very, very it's exciting for, for kind of like a almost dull genre at times. It's very exciting, so it's good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really good. So, um, we good with the vinyls and stuffs? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You good? That's okay, so some new album releases. Uh, there's nothing. So, <laughs> let's move on to the new songs. <laughs> Turnstile, you know, a band that that you and I have always spoken very highly of. They put a new song out called Mystery. I don't know exactly when their new record's going to come out, if they even announced it yet. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know these things. But, but anyway, yeah, they put out this song. It's, it's pretty different from their last two records, but I still, I still enjoy it. So here's, a, here's Mystery from The Turnstiles.
There you go. Mystery from Turnstile. New music. Do you like this? You know, it's 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 a little bit weird. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's very very different. It's got kind of that like arcade fire type anthemic delivery. You know, like that okay. popular like the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so much better than that. It's, they do it so damn well. <laughs> they do. <laughs> With that said, I don't want an album of all this at all. I so, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind an album full of this, but knowing their last two records, there's always an outlier. There's the yes. one outlier that's like pop rock or like pop punk almost. And I feel like right. this would be the outlier with everything else compared to everything else. Yeah. So I, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Because, 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 because I mean, we talked about it like not even a couple of weeks ago, but Blue, Blue Bayou yeah. is the outlier. But even Very that one's fucking song. good. It, it is. It totally catches you off guard too when you listen to it. It's really good. So I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them credit because they've never really let us down. But man, I hope I don't. I hope it's not an entire album like this. Are you going to get the vinyl whenever it's released? Of course, absolutely. I, <laughs> dude, the only regret I have ever, uh, I, I mean, besides like the dogs EP, is trading away my turnstile <laughs> to record me. to you. That is like literally the only trade I've ever done. Right? I've I, I can't complete, believe I have you complete did remorse that. over it. I was I was shocked when I when I made that trade. I, I couldn't believe I was, you. Were I was just in a up. good mood, man. I was just happy to be hanging out. I was just, I was excited, <laughs> and you 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 took advantage of my generosity. And this is where I'm at. I didn't. This is this is where I'm at. What about the Jedi mind tricks? I got that one too. That same. Yeah, trade. that's a good one. But I mean, that's I got that one from uh, one of the websites that was like half off on on Black Friday. Oh, okay, okay. So that's when I, I know I can pick up again anyway. It's not a big yeah. deal. But that turnstile was like an early find for me, and I was I was super stoked about it. And you you took it from me. <laughs> I traded uh, you. I traded you for it. A fair trade. Shoved in your backpack and stole it. I did With this song, though, I got a lot of Jane's Addiction sound on that one. Especially his vocals. They sounded a little bit like Perry. Like the delivery was very Perry yeah. and Pharrell. Yep. Not the range, but the the delivery. But it was yeah, good. We kind of we kind of like yeah, like that yeah. type of and like a simple chord progression. Like it wasn't anything wild. Yeah. No big riffs, but it was good. I still enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the next thing here is from the Bronx called it's called Watering the Well. It's coming off their new record six six. Yeah, is their new record. Uh, I think that comes out in a couple weeks, and uh, I mean, it sounds like the Bronx. If you know what the Bronx sounds like, sounds like this, this is it. This is a little bit. I mean, when I when I think of the Bronx, I one hundred percent don't think of this sound. This is sounds kind of lame. You think so? It wasn't their best, but it wasn't. It's like slow, kind of just like generic rock. It was. It eh. wasn't bad though. They had, it they, wasn't like any excitement to it. It's just eh. they they have a lot of stuff like that, like slower stuff too. It's not all just like you know, punch you in the face, let's mosh. They they do have a lot of slower stuff too. There's nothing going on. There's there's it was everything about it was slow. Like the pacing was slow. The mm-hmm. the drums wasn't they weren't he wasn't really doing anything special. It was just okay. That's fair. kind of boring. That's fair. The other song was really good though. So I'm, this this is coming off the album that they want like thirty five dollars for. Uh, it was twenty eight and then five shipping. So so yeah, thirty three was shipping. Uh, okay. Which I'm not yeah, gonna not yeah. for the Bronx. I'm not gonna do that. Definite hard pass. Yeah, twenty bucks for sure, for sure. So I'm hoping once it's released, I can go to program, 
maybe radiation and I can get it for like 20, 22 bucks. Cause I'll, I'll definitely get it then, but not, okay, not going to pay, not going to be 28 for like a, a white variant when I could probably get a black one for 20. Just saying. Yeah. That's too much. That, that's, that's too much markup plus shipping. Yeah. Plus shipping. Yeah. Not, not that's not going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. the next one here is AFI. They release another song from the new record bodies. Uh, this song is called tied to a tree. I like it. I, every AFI song I've heard from this record, which is like half the record already, uh, I've really enjoyed. So I'm stoked about it and I'm super happy I got it on vinyl, even though it's been delayed a month, which is really fucking annoying. But, you know, COVID um, has affected vinyl. I guess I guess COVID can be in vinyl records now. So science, <laughs> right? What do you think of this one? I, saw, I, I, I listened to it the first time and I think... It was yesterday, or no, I don't remember when it was, but it was it was after I was kind of like already on a high with when we ordered the vinyls. I was like, okay, it's kind of cool. I like this. Mm-hmm. I listened to it again today, and nah, I'm just good. Could, I just, <laughs> you I can remember, remember the like. melody, I just, I, or yeah, what? I don't remember nothing about it. It's just it's whatever's. I don't really care about it. Okay, all right. Uh, so also, if the the website never. Because now I have two copies of the new record, which really annoys me because I tried canceling the one I bought from the website. I tried twice, and neither time did they cancel my order or refund me. So now I have two re- two copies of this record. So hopefully I can get some money, some monies, for the uh, the one from their website. Fingers crossed. You should be able to, to, to scalp it, right? Yeah, because it, it was a limited... The one I got off their website, well, both of them actually were unlimited variants. But I know the yeah. I, a lot of people want the the one I am actually keeping. But yeah, I think the the website one I should be able to get above above market, just because I, yeah. I don't need it. So, um, let's see here. Some forty one put out a new song with somebody called Nothing Nowhere or a band called Nothing Nowhere. Uh, it's called Catching Fire. It is fucking hot garbage. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's just a ballad. Like it's a bad ballad. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, me, I fucking hate ballads. I, I can't stand this shit. <laughs> I don't even care what band it is. It could be any band. I fucking hate ballads, Ugh. except for Corn. But dude, Corn is Corn masks their ballads by presenting them as like actual new metal songs, and it's terrible. <laughs> oh, so it's just so terrible. But no, this is awful. This is embarrassing. Yeah, I, I, I just it's clearly a cash grab to get the normies that's what all it is it's to try to get normies to listen that, <laughs> that's it there's nothing more there's no substance to it it's just garbage so uh the, the last thing here is from the descendants classic classic punk band they put out a new song called baby don't you know it's good i, I i've never had any issue with descendants i think they're good i i want to do them on the pod and i thought it was just a good punk song so what do you think yeah i feel the same way i'm, I'm never I've never like hated anything by the descendants, but I've never dove in too deep. Yeah. We didn't like but, grow up with them. Like a lot of people yeah. that we like, a lot of people we like grew up with them, like Blink. They always cite the descendants, all three members all always cite the, the descendants as like the band for them. Right. But it was never enough for me to like really dive down that, that rabbit hole. Don't know why. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't hate them or nothing, but this, this, this is not bad. Yeah. It's it's it sounds like what I thought it would sound like. And it's it was good. It was good. It was good. Uh so yeah, that that's about it for new music. Uh and the last two things here, Smashing Pumpkins, uh they pissed me off. 
because they're doing the thing where they they're releasing like a live record every I guess two months now, and they're 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 only putting it up for sale for twenty four hours on their website. So however many people order it, that's as many as they press, and that's it, which is a cool idea. And and I was down to like buy it, like you know forty bucks. I'll, I'll drop forty bucks for a good live record. Uh, there's fucking seventy dollars, <laughs> seventy dollars for like a like a nineteen song set, which is a long set. But seventy dollars? I don't think so. And then they're selling the signed ones for like a hundred and sixty or something like that. Ugh. Yeah. So fuck. I just forty bucks. They would have had my business. Like it would have been. I think they could have made. They they could make a lot more selling at forty than they could selling at seventy. Yeah, I, just, I don't. I don't get, I don't get it. it. I, I don't get it either. I'm a big. I'm a big pumpkins fan, but I cannot. I wouldn't even do this for like corn or. Yeah, I wouldn't do this for any band, honestly. <laughs> it just it's silly. It's silly boy talk. <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. So, um, so that's stupid. And uh, the last thing here is actually pretty cool. So it's uh, AFI. They well, not the band isn't repressing their first three EPs. Uh, actually, their bass player Jeff Kresge is. Uh, you discovered this, which was pretty cool. They're they're being pre they're up for pre order on Interpunk dot com. Uh, we both were, you and I both thought that they were like bootlegs or whatever. So we were kind of wary about it. And then I actually, I DM Jeff Kresge on Instagram earlier this week asking, you know, is this stuff legit? Cause I mean, I'd be more than willing to buy it if it is. And he confirmed it was legit and we got it. So we each are getting the th- first three EPs, which is awesome. And I can't wait. Yeah. Stoked. Definitely cool. Definitely not cheap. <laughs> no, but. especially for EPs. <laughs> but, the, but the way these EPs, because Kresge did this like four years ago, and we even talked about it on the pod back then. He he repressed the first three EPs, and they sold out instantly. And now th- those EPs are going for like hundreds of dollars. And I know Kresge was really pissed about it because that wasn't the point. The point was like to get real fans the EPs and not for scalpers. So I know he was super bummed about that back then. And then he got sued by the band. And it's a bunch of horse shit. He shouldn't have gotten sued because it's his. It's pretty. It's his it's music. Pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy because you're right. Like we talked about this already, and mm. then, but that was before even collected vinyl. Yeah. And so here we are, like talking about the same thing again, but this time we're on board. And we've already bought it, and it's coming on like, like this, blue translucent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like cool. this is the first time we've ever talked about the same thing twice. Once before we collected vinyl and then once after. <laughs> once after. I know. That's pretty rad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't get sued or he doesn't get in trouble again because that would be so fucking lame. For for songs that he wrote, for songs that he put out on his own record label, that would be messed up. That would be really he should hit up. up. Uh, he should hit up John Fogarty. Fucking <laughs> ask him how he, how he does it. How he, how he dealt with it, yeah. Or I did it, yeah. Kresge will go and you know bring his bass and... Show the difference. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dumb. All right. So we got anything else to, to say about this one or what do you think? Nope. That's uh, that's all I got. That's it. That's all. All right. Well, I want you all to go onto any <laughs> podcast app that, that you use. So, you know, Apple Podcasts, whatever, you know, Podcast Addict. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Alkaline Trio and our album From Here to the Infirmary. And like Jeff said, that's it. 
Attends. Ouais. Ouais.